Welcome back to the podcast. Today I am joined by finance coach Bola Sol. I've wanted to record an episode with Bola for such a long time and I think that now more than ever it's a really good time for us to be having a conversation about money especially with the rise in the cost of living, fuel prices, energy prices. I know it's something that is on a lot of people's minds. Now in this episode we talk about money, finance, saving, investing, but we also talk about money mindset and gratitude and how important it is for us to empower ourselves with knowledge when it comes to our finance. So let's dive into this week's conversation with Bola Sol. Welcome to the Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert, wellness coach, international speaker and author. Each week, I speak to a variety of guests, from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, changemakers and innovators, to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by, and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate and inspire, so I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. Bola Sol, welcome to the Power Hour podcast. How are you? I am fine, thank you. So happy to be here. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Really looking forward to our conversation. So many questions for you. We're going to talk today about finance, saving, investing, crypto, and why (laughs) it's so important for us to empower ourselves with knowledge when it comes to money and finance. But before we dive into all of that and all of my questions, I'd love for you to share with the listeners a a little bit about you, Bola. Can you tell us a bit more about your journey so far and how and why you became a finance coach? Yeah, so um, I've always had a love for numbers from a young age. I found that I was very good with numbers quite quick. And um, my brother was an accountant growing up and I used to ask him so much about money, but I just felt like, why aren't we talking about it? Why is it so much of a hush-hush culture? So I armoured myself (laughs) when I went to university and I studied mathematics and finance because I said, I always want to know how to do my own numbers and understand how my money is working for me. Now, of course, after I could have been a financial advisor, but usually financial advisors need to make like 100K and up. And in all honesty, you only see um, certain groups of people there and community was so important to me. So I was just like, I'm going to become a finance coach. Let's talk about the basics. Let's talk about um, saving debt, credit, um, how that all works. And let's set that foundation before we get to the level of investing. And um, I've had the pleasure of, um, working with BBC, working with Google, Amazon, Black Ballad. Um, you know, I've done some work with um, Guap magazine as well. So um, it, it's just, it's been honestly the, the time of my life and, the, and the, the pleasure and honor of my life to work with so many amazing brands. Yeah, well, I see you everywhere. And, you know, I see, I do, I see you on social media, I see you on LinkedIn, I see you with with Penguin Random House, all of these different places, speaking about finance, and yeah, I guess, highlighting the importance of it. And it's interesting, I mean, we're going to go into all of it. But it's interesting how I found in the last few years, that people who have money, or people who have what they would call wealth, are thinking about money, learning about money, and so therefore able to yeah, invest or get advice or and, and generate more wealth. Whereas actually what I think is really important is that people start to think about money 
regardless of whether they think they have enough. Would you agree? Mm. Yes, agreed. I think it's not something that we should only think about once we hit a certain number in our head that feels enough to think about what am I going to do with it? We need to think about money down to I'm in the red. How do I get out of the red and um, back into a good space financially? Um, we need to think, oh, my credit score is down. How can I bring it up? So it's not necessarily about how much you have in your bank account. It's literally about your mindset and um, how you can be in the the healthiest space possible when it comes to how you think about your finances. Yeah, exactly. And so you mentioned that you wanted to do financial coaching so that you could yeah, share your knowledge and encourage others. What has the reception been like? Because as a black woman and as a black professional, do you feel that you are, do you feel like the people that you, that reach out to you or the people that are listening to you are other black people, other people of color, or do you feel, and because let's be honest, as you said, certain types of people historically or typically we would expect to see giving us this advice. And I feel like it's actually so important and so refreshing to see black people, to see black women championing this and being at the center of this. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm so grateful when anyone comes to me and they say things like, oh, you know, I bought my first house or I got out of debt and I'm just so happy for them. Or, oh, my credit score has been boosted. And I'm like, oh yeah, like high five. Like, I'm so happy for you. Mm -hmm. And it's the little things that I think people know that I will be so happy for them as opposed to them randomly saying it to like a friend or family member. Um, but it's it's a joyous moment. And I I love being a black woman talking about this because I've always wanted to have the the girl next door kind of vibe as opposed to I'm one of the richest men in the world. Um, listen to what I have to say about money, which is 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 quite easy, whereas you don't see um, a lot of black women talking about this. So I'm very grateful that I can help expand on the conversation and even invite the conversation into the room where usually there's there's silence and with silence, sometimes some people could be struggling. Yeah. And you mentioned money mindset. So that's the first topic that I'd love to dive into. I've heard you speak about money mindset, how we think about money, how we feel about money and finance. And this for a lot of people is probably impacted in part by how you grew up, how your parents talked about money. And if you grew up with a lot or if you grew up with very little, as well as how much money you currently have today. So how can someone start to firstly understand what is their own current money mindset and how can they start to change it to become more empowered and more confident to talk and think about money? Yeah, I would say it's about having honest conversations with yourself. So asking yourself the questions of what is my current relationship with money? You know, do I seek money out? Do I chase money? Do I worry about money? Um, do I feel secure in it? So it's it's just like any relationship or friendship you'd have with, with somebody and you have to ask yourself, what's your relationship with money? And also, as you said, it's worth going back into the things that potentially used to trigger you, um, your upbringing and add all of those things in and say to yourself, um, what can I do to get into a position where I trust my money situation and my relationship with money, i.e. even when I'm running low, do I feel like, yeah, I know more money's coming my way. And do do you feel confident in that? Do you feel trusted and, and assured? Yeah, and I guess that probably 
feeds into risk as well and you know how much we mm. are willing to take risks and and again if we if we're being really honest like you know i grew up with a single mother in a low-income household there was four of us you know she didn't have a lot of money my mom worked really hard but she didn't have a lot of money so there was definitely a feeling of of scarcity and a feeling of going without and so in some ways i think for myself and for my siblings it can be you know, a positive thing because it drives you to be ambitious, to work hard. Because you realize, I realized very young, if I want something, you know, if I, I'm going to have to work hard, I'm going to have to roll up my sleeves, I'm going to have to go mm-hmm. go out and get it. So that in in a way was good. But I also think as I've, I've as I explore this myself, and like I said, in the last few years, becoming much more aware of of finance and money and understanding. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole, I suppose, reading books, listening to podcasts. I really wanted to learn about finance and, and really put myself in the best position mentally as well. And I think I started to understand that actually, yeah, it really, you can think that 20, 30 years later, that your that those things don't impact you but actually your mindset for example if you had a scarcity mindset before you might be very risk averse you know or 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 the other extreme i suppose if you always grew up with abundance and and a lot and maybe you maybe you've always felt like you've got a bit of a backup or or, or a safety net you might be far more able to take risks because you kind of think oh it'll be fine you know there'll always be someone there to help out and so it really does impact you for a lot longer than you think absolutely I agree you know I grew up to a single mum of six and it it it's so easy for my mum to panic about stuff and worry and you know there are times where I might be being I might I might be between professional jobs um as in like nine to five and because of what I do as well in terms of being a finance coach, it's enough to sustain me. So my mum will see me like having breakfast at 10 a.m. And she's like, are you not at work? And I'm like, yes, but I work in a very different way. And, you know, she's just, I think her mindset is, I hope she's okay financially. And I'm like, yes, I'm fine. You know, I do the numbers, I crunch the numbers, I'm fine. But it's just, it's just realizing that my mum's come from a completely different place. So the age of, even the the age of the internet and truly understanding that and, you know, how you work with companies is is completely um, different to her and how she grew up. So I think it's just about adjusting for that and creating new normals for yourself of how, thing, of how things are and how they run in, in your world and in your money journey. Absolutely. And getting okay with success or whatever you would deem as success. Because I know a lot of friends uh, who have started to earn more money, maybe through, you know, climbing or getting promotions or starting their own businesses. And along the way, they have to kind of I think acknowledge and, and and assess where they're at because they can, you can, again, all these different feelings can come up. You can feel guilty that suddenly you earn more money or you can mm. feel like an imposter or you can feel as though you you feel boastful or, you know, and I, I, for example, I know that, you know, I've bought my own home in the last few years and, you know, I drive a nice car. I mean, it's not, you know, super fancy sports car, but it's what I deem mm. to be, you know, a nice car. And, and I know that somebody made a comment once about like, oh, well, that's a nice car. And it kind of made me feel this feeling of not shame, but this almost weird feeling of, oh, you don't want to seem like a sh- like you're showing off or you're boastful if you do, yeah, you know, achieve. And so it's a really, really complex thing. And, you know, why do you think that 
money has so much of this emotion tied to it. Why are so many people almost turned off even by the conversation? You know, they kind of think, oh gosh, I can't talk. I've heard so many people say, I don't like talking about money. You know, it's really uncomfortable. They wouldn't want to negotiate a salary or tell someone how much they earn because they just find the whole conversation quite, I don't know, weird. Yeah, it's it's immersed in the culture that we've grown up in to to shy away from talking about money. We also have to realise that there's a lot of people who have made money off of the suffering of others. Mm. So it's quite interesting that sometimes people don't want to discuss money. I, I question if that's one of the reasons as well. Now more news has come to light and we have social media. You may see, okay, um, this group of people are getting rises, and but we feel like over the last few years, nurses deserve um, not rises, raises. Nurses deserve raises as well. So then you start to look at things, and 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 also you kind of look at during the pandemic, were some MPs friends getting contracts, for example? How was mm. that being done? And then so this is why some people don't prefer to talk about it. Some people as well, they're naturally uncomfortable, but we as a culture have not been taught to be comfortable around the conversation and I just want to go back to the point where somebody said oh that's a nice car because what's very interesting is um as I as as I continue to make more money if someone said that's a nice car I say yes thank you I've worked very hard for it Mm. and I think it's so important to have that rebuttal as opposed to shying away from the fact that you are in a good enough financial position to have that car and sustain it um, because I think, especially when it comes to women and black women, there can be this, there's this feeling that uh, when it comes to luxury and the way we live, it's almost been so foreign to some of us for so long that when we get it, somebody else wants to make us feel uncomfortable about it. And I'm always here to challenge that theory that no, many of us are working hard as black women and women in general. So when we get to a point where we say, do you know what? I've bought a nice bag or a nice pair of shoes. Um, nobody should make us feel as if to say, why you? Because would you, would you say that to a man? Would you say to a man, that's a nice car? Mm-hmm. In, in 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 the same tone or would it be different and I just think it's you know all about keeping that same energy across the board allowing people to transition into the place that they they are they rightfully deserve amen wow thank you <laughs> I'm gonna remember that I know I'm gonna remember that you're so right you're so right and when somebody else says it you think of course so looping back to I guess the the last piece about the mindset, because this isn't just for scarcity and, and people accepting when they earn more, but I also know people who have quite a head in the sand approach to money. So they don't look at their bank account very often. They mm. don't know what their credit score is. They probably don't know. They just kind of know that, you know what, I earn enough, I spend whatever I spend and it's fine. Or for example, I know people who, even though they they earn well, they have a high salary, they also have lots of credit card debt. You know, they'll book holidays on credit cards. They kind of just, yeah, have this head in the sand approach. And again, they say, oh, you know, talking about money just stresses me out or I'm, I'm, or I'm just not good with money. They kind of laugh it off and say, oh, I'm not good with money. And I know that. So what's going on there? Why do some people, even if they could, I suppose, take control of their finances, why do they avoid doing it i think some people who aren't confrontational in any aspect of their life that can also um, correlate in their relationship with money and what's important is that you get in front of it before it gets in front of you because even if you even if somebody is to say that they don't think they're good with money what happens when you want a different future for yourself if you want kids 
for example, and they want something and you could provide it, but you've told yourself you're not good with money. How does that affect their life? And you have to think that you saying you're not good with money doesn't work because your mission is bigger than you so often. And you're going to hit a point where you're going to be probably quite sad that you haven't done the work for it and trust me there are times as well it's just like oh this amount of money's coming to my account I just I just want to spend it all and think later and I'm just like look life doesn't work that way even now funnily enough I'm like I have to do the calculations um because you know I'm investing in property I'm doing this I'm doing that and I'm like but I also want to enjoy myself so how do I focus on ensuring that I pay off my credit card and I have enough here and there and I'm getting the perks from said credit card etc and of course it takes time to sit down and and manage these things but I always say all these other companies have their money where is yours you know we can't bury our head in the sand and and watch every single Netflix show available and things like that that company and those actors, hopefully they have their money. Where is your money? Are you taking time to look at it? So I just say, just don't bury your head in the sand. Otherwise, my friend says something, which is what you don't address will meet you at your next address. And um, literally the same goes with money. If you think that you can avoid it or ignore it, what happens one day when you're with your friends and then your card declines and you have no idea why? It, it could it could just be that there's something wrong with the machine, but you want to be able to know that that is the reason. Because <laughs> there's times that sometimes I get there and then I, oh, it's not working. And they say, oh yeah, contactless doesn't really work well with this card, for example. So I'm like, yeah, that's why. Because I know that I have money available and I think everybody needs to be in the position where they know what they have available. Yeah, and because it can be stressful as well. I think it can be very debilitating for people, Mm. you know, if they're not in a financial position that they want to be in or they're worried about maybe paying bills or prices increasing at the moment, which is across the board, you know, is a real concern for a lot of people. It can be really stressful and debilitating to your overall well-being and your health. So I think it is, like you say, it's it's an important thing that we need to get okay with thinking about, talking about, yeah, taking our head out the sand and looking. And a really silly example as well is that if you look at your accounts regularly your statements whatever it is you might notice and a lot of people i know will probably nod their heads to this you might notice that okay there's a there's a a 7.99 there and a 9.99 there and all these subscriptions that sometimes you maybe have signed up for a free trial and it rolls you Mm. on or you might have downloaded an app which is like i don't know a photo editing app and it's (laughs) 2.99 and you just notice these things are there every single month and then you realize at the end i had that recently with something i'd signed up to that was 59.99 and i was looking at thinking I don't use that app. I think I signed up for a free trial. So if you don't look, you could be, you know, those those two ninety nine, five ninety nine. They all add up, and over a year, how much money are you paying for these, you know, quick apps and things that we just quickly uh, download and actually don't realize they're there? So really important to just yeah, take a look, go through it, even if you just spend one hour or one one afternoon and just get into it. Absolutely, I agree. I just say look, look through your transactions and things like that make sure everything's making sense to you because there are times as well I've got um, TFL and direct debit so if I drive and congestion charge but there are sometimes I'm like I'm so sure I didn't drive that day I need to go back and check what is this for is this for a later date but you know it's it's not just about I'd say don't have complete trust in 
in all of the systems. Sometimes these companies get it wrong as well. You need to be able to go back and, and fact check and be like, actually, this is wrong and this is why it's wrong. And I never used to be that person. I used to be like, bygones, bygones be bygones. <laughs> I could buy something. Like I bought a lovely blazer um, a couple of weeks ago. And in the first week, the buttons came undone. And back in the day, I would go to the dry cleaners and just be like, can you sew this back on? But I asked for a refund and I got another one simply because I just thought it's the principle. And I think at times, we have to be willing to fight for the for the right things especially when it comes to our money mm, yeah absolutely and something that i talk to people often about is about words and the power of words and i often say you know because obviously someone who loves to talk and loves to write <laughs> words have power and i saw a video online where you were talking about the importance of gratitude and it was mm. so impactful hearing how you articulated it and you said i'm quoting you now you said i am rich in life be grateful for what you already have and mm. i really like this idea that you know i talk about in my book actually that there's financial wealth but there's also the wealth of time the wealth mm. of your health you know the wealth of your relationships and i often say when making decisions in my like decision making process i'll say to people what is this decision going to cost you what is mm. it going to cost you in terms of your energy your time your emotion so gratitude is something that a lot of people talk about you know sometimes it's become a little bit I think the word has been diluted because we're always saying, oh, you know, be grateful, do a gratitude list, just uh, what are you grateful for today? And I do think that if we really interrogate what that word means, especially when it comes to, yeah, what we have and being grateful for what we have now, as instead of just always looking forward, uh, do you think that being grateful can impact your financial habits and how you choose to spend and save? Absolutely. I think if you don't focus on what you have now, then I don't really know how you will appreciate what's to come because you're always looking for the next moment and the next moment. And if you live like that, then you actually live in discontentment. Mm. And I just think it's just a, it's just a horrible way to live. Like live in joy of your, of your situation. Like, I think it's fantastic to be able to say, do you know what? Right now I don't have a lot of money, but I am grateful because I know more money's on the way. And funnily enough right now, that's my situation. Sure. I have a lot in savings. Sure. My credit score is good and things like that. But currently in my current account, I'm waiting on invoices. (laughs) (laughs) Self-employed life. life. And that, and that's the reality, but I'm so grateful that I can say, okay, but this is my situation. And I'm grateful that more money's on the way. And I'm also grateful that I get to continue to practice sometimes what I call humble living um, and just being like, OK, not don't 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 go out and get Uber Eats tonight or Deliveroo. Just just chill, make make dinner, do this. And it, it's just a reminder as well to me to be grateful, but also be humble and stuff, because, you know, money does come in peaks and troughs. But throughout it, you want to say that you maintain a certain level of confidence and gratitude and joy for what is currently there because more will always be on the way it's just about how you handle it in those in-between stages Mm, yeah a friend of mine always says about paying bills you know people don't like to pay bills they'll say oh I had this vet bill I had this I had to get new tires and I I can definitely I'll be honest I've said that in the past you know I've had for example a fog light on my car it was so expensive I was like oh my gosh I can't believe it's so expensive for this light but she always says she always says that she 
she has like this really positive spin on paying bills. She always says, I'm mm. so grateful that I could pay that bill. So if a bill comes Aww. for however much it is, when she pays the bill, she's like, I, she said she loves paying bills. And I'm thinking, I don't know anybody that loves paying bills, but it's because she <laughs> says, me. because when she didn't have money and when she was really, you know, in a really difficult situation in her life, she said any bill that came was so stressful because I couldn't pay it. Whereas now mm. she says, how lucky am I that I can pay this bill? You know, I can pay it. So she has Literally. a really positive mindset around it, which is, I always stick with me yeah definitely and I love that and I think it's so important just that the little things that the the big things that you can just be like I'm I'm still in a good position to pay those bills honestly mm. and even if you're in a position now with petrol prices going up to, to still be able to afford to to get out and about and stuff like that um yeah definitely I, I like your friend's approach I think I'm gonna try it <laughs> yeah, like, let's be happy about paying bills. <laughs> um, another thing I'd love to discuss with you is saving and investing. Now, even the word saving in my 20s, I, well, I think if you don't have, maybe it's a mindset thing again, but I didn't feel like I had the capacity then to save. I didn't feel like I had disposable income or money left over. But also just thinking about, you know, pension and this and that, I just used to think, so boring it's so future and so far away when you're maybe in your 20s or early 30s that you kind of just kick it down the road and you think you know what it's not a conversation for today but I have since learned that actually the sooner you can start to save and invest and think about pensions or start an ISA or whatever, if you can do that in your 20s or your early 30s, the sooner the better, you know, that it's like planting a tree. The best day to plant mm. the tree was 10 years ago. So can you tell us why is it so important for people yeah, in their 20s, in their 30s, if they're listening to this conversation to get serious about saving and investing? Yeah, so I would say with saving, it's always about, in my opinion, having an emergency fund. Something that's three to six months of your expenses. So if anything happens, you just feel like you're you're in a good spot. For example, if you have a car, something happens with your car, you just think that's fine, I'm going to my emergency fund. And But I would say with savings, uh, apart from that, and maybe potentially saving for something where you don't wanna risk the capital, that's fine. So for example, if you're saving for a house, fine. But when it comes to investing, you have to understand that you need to get into a routine and process of knowing that your money should be making money. And um, it shouldn't have to depend on you being at a certain place and doing a certain job to do it. You wanna be able to say, my money's making money when I sleep. And that's what's great about investing. And as well, as Albert Einstein said, I think he said it's the sixth wonder of the world, compound interest. Yes. That is basically, if you have a thousand pounds, for example, and then that makes 10% each year, then that means that you've made a thousand one, um, 1100 and then make 10% on that and that is something that's fantastic I think investing as well teaches us all to have more of a long-term mindset which is incredibly important because while we think you know and we know yeah life is for living in your 20s and 30s when your back starts to ache a little more in your 50s or 60s or whenever <laughs> it is you want to say do you know what I have the choice to slow down as opposed to I don't have the choice because I didn't make those decisions so it is incredibly important that we are learning now to make decisions and see the long term not just say 
you know, I'm going to live my life and whatever happens, then I'm going to see it. Because I, I see it, you know, I go to my local Tesco and I see somebody who maybe is potentially still working and they could be um, 60s, mid 60s, sometimes even 70s. And I think there's a difference between knowing that that's a choice and you're there voluntarily because you want the social, you know, you want the social element. And sometimes you just know, do you know, I have to do this because I'm still not in a position. I might be still paying off my mortgage. I might be doing this. I don't have maybe enough assets that are working for me. So um, that that's literally the point of investing. So it's literally making making up money for retirement. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. But if someone's listening and thinking, okay, Bola, Adrienne, I hear you, but I have no clue where to start. How do I even start investing? Do I just, you know, search on the internet and find an account and start doing it myself? Or should I go mm. to my local bank and ask them to help me? For people who, yeah, again, getting started can seem quite daunting or intimidating. What would be your advice be to those people? Sure. So, of course, I just have to say that this isn't financial advice, but these are just um, this is just information and suggestions. So, of course, you could go to your bank if you wanted to. And there are also companies like Nutmeg. There's companies like Moneybox who can essentially invest your funds on your behalf. And I know there are some people who also do it for themselves. So, for example, if you wanted, you could open up a stocks and shares ISA and in that ISA it's tax wrapped so it basically means that every tax year you can put up to £20,000 into ISAs and if that £20,000 within um, that whatever time frame makes a lot of money let's say that £20,000 pays um, becomes £100,000 because you've got a good return on your investment you don't have to pay any tax on it so that's something that's um, important for everybody to understand with having a stocks and shares ISA that you can do that and then there are different platforms that you can get started on free trade if you want to there's trading 212 Hargreaves Lansdowne Vanguard um, is quite good because it also has the lowest fees for example to trade on that platform so those are the things that people want to think about and what's great about most of these platforms is they do have communities Mm. so you can learn from one another and another thing if you feel like do you know what? I don't have time to do this um, a lot. Then there are ways that you can invest. So you can look into index funds. You can look into ETFs, which is another form of fund. And it's an exchange traded fund. You can look into those things and you can maybe put in a certain amount to start with. And then you can just put in money every month and, con- and continue to see that go up and up. Now, of course, with investing, capital is always at risk. But with certain funds, for example, you... Um, I would say that it's really tough that your money isn't going to do well over a 10 year or 15, 20, 25 year period. So I would definitely say that index funds and exchange traded funds is something that everybody should look at and look at the most popular funds and see, you know, so many people go on about the S&P 500, which is the top 500 companies in America. That's Microsoft, that's Apple, that's Amazon and all the other companies that are doing well. So that's one way to look into it. And, you know, I, I could go on about this for ages, but <laughs> that's that's a way to get into stocks and shares. Now, of course, there's properties, there's um, investing in businesses, there's um, crypto, there's, there's so many different ways that you can invest. But what's great about um, stocks and shares, for example, like stocks and shares ISA and getting started with the platform, with some platforms as well, you can start with as little as one pound. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, there's so much here, so much here. So I hope that people are, yeah, taking note and maybe come back, maybe write a few things down that Bola just suggested and look into it for yourself. Because when I started to do that, as you described some of those platforms, I downloaded them, I got in, you know, now it's so easy as well because they've all got apps. So the apps mm. are so user-friendly, you know, and there's, there's, mm. you can click if you don't understand what something is. If you don't know, for example, what an ETF is, then you can download the whole brochure. It will tell you exactly what they are. It's really, really easy to use actually i think they've you know they've taken on i suppose the kind of even just the colors and the, it sounds silly but the, the graphics mm -hmm. and the ux design they've really thought yeah. about how can we make this accessible for everyone so i definitely think that is worth spending some time just getting involved and like you said don't wait until you think right i've saved this much money now it's enough to start investing or you know you could because that's the other thing i think people do when they're younger is they think well i haven't got enough money now so i'll wait like you say you know mm -hmm. they don't think that 50 pounds every month or 50 pounds every week or whatever you could start with actually over time it's going to be so impactful I'm, I'm a big fan of this one percent rule and you know i talk mm. about it with habits whether it's training for a marathon whether it's reading books i always say to people you will not notice the one percent that you are doing every day you will not notice the effort that it takes that one percent one percent but when you look back after two years you will see this huge you'll see the effort you'll see the improvement you'll see the progression and it's exactly the same if if you apply it from yeah training for a race putting in those miles it's never wasted if you apply that here and think okay 10 pounds 10 pounds 10 pounds you won't notice that 10 pounds that you've spent mm. because we spend 10 pounds now on a coffee and a cake <laughs> you know you, you won't notice it now but in two years you could look back and have a whole little fund that's working for you so i really want to encourage people to get involved in this and i guess the next thing is that the timing of this conversation is kind of strange and I've, I've actually wanted to have you on the show for quite a while but the timing at the moment there's so much uncertainty in the world right now we're at record high inflation at the same time mm. as these low interest rates you know there's the war um obviously that's impacting the war in ukraine stock markets are down globally you know the cost of living is rising at lightning speed you know you just go onto twitter and everyone's talking about it not just petrol prices but food shopping you know energy bills it can it does seem at the moment like whether you like it or not we have to talk about money. We have to look at what, what the cost of living is. So with that in mind, I think there's kind of a fear and people can be quite scared. And so therefore they might not want to start now thinking about saving or investing. So with all the change that's going on, how can people prepare and I suppose navigate that change? You know, is it best for them to just have cash savings or should they think now actually if markets are low, is that a good time to start investing? What would your advice be? And I know you said you can't give like direct financial advice, but I guess as a more, yeah, just broad uh, overview of the conversation. Yeah, one of the things I'd say, first of all, when it comes to saving, you need to maximise your savings right now. So, for example, if there's a product you want, have you checked online to see where you can get that product um, new for the cheapest price, for example? Are you signed up to top cashback websites so that every time you shop online, for example, you are actually getting cash back on each purchase where you shop regularly? So, for example, if there's Sainsbury's, do you have a Nectar card? If it's Tesco, do you have a club card? Are you actually maximising on um, retaining your savings and ensuring that your money is going further. That's really important. So that's the base on saving. Now, when it comes to investing, I think what some people have to think about is, oh, there's so much uncertainty. Something I've learned is through a friend is the best time to invest is, is when stocks and shares and funds, for example, are on sale. 
And this is what people don't realise. There's uncertainty right now, but I believe so strongly there's a time where things are going to be certain again. So let's say someone invests in a fund and the average price usually is about £100. Right now, things are so uncertain and it's dropped to 50 or 60 in my mind, if the average is 100, maybe it might then average down with everything back to 80. But even if I get it at 50 or 60, am I not getting it on sale? Because when it comes to our investments, it's like we want it to be high, but we want to invest low. This is the time to look and this is the time to potentially invest because <laughs> essentially you're getting it at a lower price. We love it with our clothes. We love it with our deals. We need to love it with our investments as well. So I think that's something more people need to understand. Like, I'll be honest, right now, my investments, there's there's a lot of red, but I am I just look at it and I just, I just shrug my shoulders because I know there's a time is gonna come where it's gonna go back up for most mm. of them. Some of them it might not, but I'm pretty sure with the rest it does. And that's the thing, capital's at risk. But I think in uncertain times, that sometimes, especially as an investor, where you need to be a bit more certain, especially if you know you do your research on the companies or the funds, for example, and you can see, okay, it's low right now, but probably by the end of the year or the next year, it's gonna go back up. And then you've probably wanted to invest more while it was low, as opposed to when it gets more expensive. Yes. Amen. And if you are listening and starting to think, actually, I don't know what they're talking about right now, then, you know, step by step, as I said, get involved and kind of spend a bit of time learning about this. And it's really exciting, actually. I feel like since I've started to learn more about it in the last few years, I've actually felt really empowered and really confident that this is yeah, it's quite, it's quite exciting. I think you have to also check your personality and make sure that you don't start thinking of it as like a game. Uh, I'm a big fan mm. of Prof G and he talks about the platform Robinhood and talks about Coinbase and we'll come on to talk about crypto in a minute, but he, I'm a big fan of Prof G and he always says, I know how to make you rich and that is slowly. And he basically mm. says his two pieces of advice around, you know, investing and wealth and all of this is longevity. So as you mentioned already, 10 years, don't think about, oh, can I put this money in now? And then if it goes up tomorrow, I'm going to take the money out. And basically, if you do that, it becomes almost like, then you're just gambling, you know, then you're just essentially mm. playing with your money in an app, but you've got to remember that's real cash. Whereas, yeah, if you think about the longevity and also diversification, so he always says, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, make sure that your money is spread across maybe yeah, funds or ISAs, or maybe if, if you have property uh, cash. And so you're not, yeah, if one thing goes down, you're not potentially at, at, at you know, risk of losing 80% of your capital. But I really mm. liked, as you said, 10 years and, and the longevity piece, because as much as it sounds boring to think, oh, in 10 years time, that if you're only using money, I guess, when you comes to saving and invest, investing, that you know you, you've got that in your mind, it's long-term. You're not gonna need that money next week. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. So I think you're you're so right in that. Think about the think about the future and and make sure you diversify. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
Let's talk a little bit about crypto. I'm sure many of the listeners of this show probably already know a little bit about what cryptocurrency is. Maybe they're considering in investing in crypto themselves. It can be quite a polarizing discussion, especially as it's relatively new. So there are some unknowns about regulation and risk. So Bola, is cryptocurrency something that you would recommend people look into? What are three things that we should know about crypto before we consider investing? Yeah, so I think it's something people should look into as much as I would say Web3 and NFTs. But the first thing is if you're going to get started, make sure you have a secure wallet. Now, there's different platforms in which you can get a secure wallet with, but um, make sure you do and just make sure that obviously you remember all the, the the keys and everything you need for that because I know some people who have Bitcoin but they're locked out of their wallet so <laughs> they can't they can't get it. So make sure you have a secure wallet and you have all the information needed to get access to that wallet whenever you want. That's can one. we just sorry? Can we just double click on that before we move on? In case people don't know what you mean, so the secure wallet is your digital wallet that holds your cryptocurrency. So as Correct. you described, if you don't have the keys, for example, the password, it's not like I don't know your email or your Facebook where you can send an email login and get your password mm. and reset it. Is mm. it, am I right in thinking that that password that you create at the start, if you lose that? you cannot get that money like it's it's you've lost your it's like losing your purse right yeah and and there are um i believe that there's there's different um numbers i can't remember the actual name it's like token numbers or something that they give you to get in so one two three four five then they'll give you four three two four five for example and they'll give you a list of those um to remember and to keep somewhere safe but so if you can't get into your password or you don't have have access to any of that it's incredibly hard to they're not going to send your password to your email and things like that so it's really important that um you look after your digital wallet because mm. um yeah so there's so many hackers about so that's tip one tip two is to remember that cryptocurrency is not regulated now the difference between talking about stocks and shares and cryptocurrency is that um, a lot of these companies when they invest on your behalf for example they are fca regulated and that's by the financial conduct authority and that just basically means that they have to operate in a particular way that's in line with um how all the other banks for example operate and also with also there's no if you lose your money with cryptocurrency no one can help you if somebody says hi i'm a crypto expert give me ten thousand pounds and i'll help you turn that into a hundred thousand they may do that or they may run away with your money there is no regulation in cryptocurrency i actually saw recently that bbc are, are shutting down bitcoin atms like um, there was somewhere that you could withdraw cash and that's being shut down because it's not regulated. So mm. it's important for everybody to truly understand that. And I'm thinking, what is the third final tip? Understand that it's very volatile right now. Yeah. And for some people who are well-versed and have good knowledge in it, that's fantastic for them because when it goes up and, and they've bought low, they've made a lot of money. But you can also realise you can lose a lot of money. Unlike, in all honesty, the stock market, cryptocurrency is so much more volatile, in my opinion. Yeah. And um, it can really play with your emotions. So you want to make sure that you understand how volatile it is and um, know what you're getting into and also know when to get out. 
Yes, very, very good advice. I think, you know, in some ways when you hear that, you might think, oh no, actually I'm not gonna put money into something like that. As you said, it's not regulated at the moment and it feels like kind of a risk or I know a lot of people just think it's a scam, it's a fraud, but there's also, I guess a real upside to the fact that if we do have a decentralized finance structure and a way in which people can, yeah, I suppose trade and, and there's, there's a lot of, I think, positive that will hopefully come in the future with more security attached to it. But I definitely agree that at the moment, until we reach that point, we really do need to be cautious about, yeah, I suppose, how much of our cash money we're willing to, to put in there. Absolutely. And lastly, because you've given us so much great advice today, Bola, there's so much that we've talked about, and I really do hope it's been helpful and impactful for the listeners. But if after listening to this, if I'm going to impact my finances in a positive way, what is one thing that I should start doing today? Budget. <laughs> I cannot say that enough. I use um, a spreadsheet and I also use apps. But one of the things that I love to do is budget because I want to know where my money is going in each month so for example there are certain things I want to buy I've made a wish list for next month but when I budget I'm able to see can I afford that have I gone over is this going to affect how much I put into my investments or my savings or um, anything else so it's so important that you budget because it gives you a clear overview of where your money's going and once I budget I'm now able to know if someone says hey let's do this tomorrow I'm like no because it's not been in my budget you know I look at my calendar I look at birthdays celebrations all of these things and that's how I'm able to organize my life and my finances so if you're not budgeting please do it it's always going to be in fashion and it's it's so important to understanding where you are in your money journey great well i definitely need to get a bit more granular on that because i think on a macro you know things like mortgage or car like i think those things are there but yeah there's no Mm detail around as you described celebration holiday and actually again in my 20s I probably would have thought oh it's so boring I don't want to do that I just want to enjoy like you know if I go out but actually (laughs) I think I think it's you can probably enjoy it even more because if you know that you've set aside this money for your holiday or you've set aside this money for shopping or leisure or whatever it is then you can enjoy it even more when you yeah purchase that with the knowledge that I've worked for this I've saved for this I can afford it and just enjoy it even more so yes I think that is great advice and like I said something i will be actioning myself definitely let's talk lastly about the concept of the power hour i always love this part of the show because i never really know what the guest is going to say every week it's so different so the power hour concept is quite simple for me it's about the first hour of my day and at the moment honestly bola this morning was beautiful the sun Mm. is shining those early morning hours are just so quiet and beautiful so i always encourage people to start the day take the first hour of your day before you look at your phone before you start thinking about work or the kids or the dog or anything else start with yourself and do something intentional that you enjoy and set the tone for the rest of the day so i'd love to hear if you have a power hour or what the first hour of your day is like yeah so i actually start by um reading scripture so like a scripture of the day Mm -hmm. and do you know what (laughs) when it gets really sunny and when the weather's good i find it so much easier to get up and like meditate and and have have some time to myself um and in all honesty I put on classical music um Mm. classic FM I love it and I will make a 
I'll make some hot water in the morning just so just for like digestion purposes and things like that to start my day and then I might look in my diary for example and then you know I'll, I'll check my phone properly check my messages speak to my manager think okay what have I what have I what's left on my to-do list and yeah that's that's me in my in my first power hour um I, I really do enjoy it I enjoy taking things slow I might have a cheeky little stretch if I can I used to be really big on like yoga so I always say it's important to you know get get the body moving and to be in a good mood I'm very conscious of what I listen to and also what I take in when I first start my day mm, yeah I, I, that doesn't surprise me actually even just you know the little that I do know of you I feel like you're how to describe it I suppose you have your energy just basically remains the same you're not mm. it doesn't change you know some people they're up they're down it's different all the time and I think the people that I know who who are like that it's often because yeah they have this morning routine whether it's reading scripture whether it's meditation whether it's starting the day slow and as you said protecting what is going in as well like what are you feeding your mind and your body in the first hours because it is so important we we underestimate just having the radio playing right now you know I was driving mm. my son to school yesterday and I turned the radio off and put music on instead because mm. the radio at the moment is so much of course there's a lot of bad news, that it's, news. Yeah, yeah and it's a lot of bad news and it's not to say I don't want to hear it but first thing in the morning with my young son in the car sometimes the headlines are just so aggressive and so you know death and destruction and war and this and it's just you know it's really a lot actually and I think without noticing it sometimes we can be taking that in before we've even had a sip of coffee mm, definitely yeah well thank you so much for joining brother I've really really enjoyed this conversation I've taken notes I hope that the listeners have too I really appreciate your time one last thing that I should have asked you Bola apologies I completely went out of my head writing all these notes down could you tell the listeners where they can find you online where they can get your book and how they can reach out to you yep so they can find me online on instagram i'm pretty social on there and twitter and that's bola underscore soul oh i'm also on tiktok as well <laughs> three times a day v-o-l-a underscore s-o-l and you can find my book on amazon waterstones and um, it's how to save it so you can get a copy of that it's a good size a pocket rocket and yeah i'm a finance coach in general but um, i'm quite easy to access so instagram me tweet me and yeah let's connect great thank you bola thank you thank you everyone for tuning in to the power hour i'll be back next week see you hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 